What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. So glad that you're here worshiping with us. And those of you that are watching online, so glad that you guys are connecting with us. And it is amazing to continue to feel God's presence and focus on Him. And God is continuing to do great things uh, in our lives, in our church, in our communities, because He uses us in amazing ways. And so we've been in a very, very powerful series over these last several weeks. We've been in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Ephesus. And so we've been walking through chapter by chapter. And so today, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 21. So if you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles, open up your Bibles app, Bible apps. If, if you're watching online, those verses will be on the screen. But man, I'm so excited to be talking about marriage today. Uh, it's a big deal. It's a big thing. And, and even if you're a single person, uh, maybe you're divorced or you're single on purpose or you're single right now for a period of time, I'll tell you what, there are going to be some principles principles uh, and, and biblical principles in this passage that we can grab a hold of. Because there are always things in scripture that regardless of where we're at in our life or regardless of our relationship status, that we can take and apply in our lives. Uh, but everyone would kind of admit that over these last several months, there have been a lot of pressure on marriages. You know, I realize with COVID-19 and a lot of racial tension, uh, th those have really been kind of the, the paramount of, of, of things that are shared on, on the news. Uh, but as you talk with more people and you see more situations and statistics, one of the statistics that's a little bit scary is people feel that divorce is actually going to rise because of couples spending so much time at home together. Uh, so man, you know, it's, it's like when you get married, you, you want to be with that person, you love them and care for them, but sometimes... Our relationships get a little bit strained, don't they? But here's what I want to share with you. You have a 100% chance, 100% chance to have a great and wonderful marriage. That's what I want to share with you. I want you to be encouraged because so many times we say, oh, well, the divorce rate is 50%. What if we push that aside and said, you know what? God is the one who established marriage. He's the one that sets our marriages up to be successful. So if we're following his word, if we're following his standard, we will have a 100% chance to have a successful, wonderful marriage grounded on his word and who he is. So I wanted to just share with you, you can do this. Uh, you can do this. We need to connect with the Lord. We need to connect with our spouse. This is a big deal. Even if you've had a, a failed marriage before, we can take these principles and apply them in our lives. And this marriage can be different. I absolutely believe that. I believe in restoration and taking steps forward. And because God gives us a plan for a perfect marriage. He gives that to us. And it's in Ephesians 5. And so let's take a look. Ephesians 5, starting in verse 21. And Paul, Paul writes, he says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, reverence for Christ in this verse, we, we can absolutely uh, understand that, that the translation can also mean the fear of God. Because anytime you revere something, you hold it in high regard, don't you? You recognize its authority, you recognize its power, and so you revere it, you acknowledge it as such. So, submitting to each other is easy when we have Jesus at the head of our marriage. Isn't that absolutely true? If we have Jesus at the right priority in our life, and he's number one, submitting to our spouse is easy because I'm not the boss. I'm not the boss anymore. Jesus is. We look to him. We rely on him. And so don't let the word submit make you feel invalid. 
Uh, don't, don't let that word cause any negative emotions inside of you because it doesn't have to. Submission does not have to be negative. We have aspects of submission in every area of our life, don't we? And so honoring the Lord by serving our spouse. That's exactly what Paul is saying. So let's continue and read verses 22 and following. It says, For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one can hate his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother, is joined to his wife. The two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So, again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And so we probably have heard this uh, passage before. Uh, if you're married, I almost guarantee it. And I would dare say that this is one of the most unpopular scripture passages in all the Bible. I believe that there's only one other passage that's more unpopular, and it's the one on tithing. Because we, we like what this verse says about our spouse, don't we? But we don't like what it says about us. So every single man, even if he doesn't know anything about the Bible, even if he's not even a Christian, doesn't believe in Jesus, he knows the Bible verse that says, you're supposed to submit to me. So men, if you want to have a near-death experience, I dare you to say it. Go ahead. So women, I mean, they say, well, oh, you know, I'd submit to my husband if he was anything like Jesus, he acts more like the devil. Well, you would know you're the devil's ex-wife. So we love Ephesians 5, what it says about our spouse. Isn't that so true? But it's difficult for us. But this is God's perfect plan for marriage. Because the roles in Ephesians 5, they actually make us more attractive to our spouse. And they cause their hearts to open up towards us. And so I want to share briefly, uh, obviously, to, to each gender, to each role, to, to the specific aspects of these verses. Uh, so first, just sharing, you know, kind of directed towards the women. Uh, the number one need for most men is respect. Uh, it, it has been identified, and it's just reality for, for a lot of men. This is you know, the case, and, and if you're a single person, gosh, uh, we understand this. 
We've got to have respect in our life all the time, don't we? We have to respect others. We respect ourselves. We have, we have to have respect in all of our relationships, in our work relationships, in our, with our colleagues, with our friends. So, I mean, to understand the reality that the number one need for most men is respect, that's across the board. That's for every single one of us. So, because respect is so powerful that it will actually change a man's behavior. If you show respect and you communicate respect, so if you feel like right now maybe your husband is not living a, a, a life that's worthy of respect, I am not communicating that you should be a doormat, okay? That, that's not what these verses are talking about. It's like, oh, you've got to be a bondservant, but I am saying that you've got to follow God's word and follow the standard that he lays out because if your attitude reflects that you are submitting yourself as unto Christ, then it will show that you believe that God is more powerful and stronger and that God can actually be the one to change your husband in submitting to him and who he is. And, but unfortunately, um, sometimes we think we've got to take things into our own hands, don't we? Uh, and when we do that, just to be honest, uh, you're handcuffing the Holy Spirit because you are then taking control of the situation. You're then taking control of your marriage. You think you've got to change your spouse when in, in fact, God wants to change them more than you do. And so I would say to you, let God be God. You serve Jesus. That, that, that's the number one thing and we've got to do that. So we've got to serve Jesus. Now, I want to share with you, you can absolutely have conversations that you start out and you say, I wish you would spend more time with the kids. I wish you would help me around the house. I wish you would lead our family spiritually. I wish you were more romantic. Now you can say that. You absolutely can say those things. But I want to make a suggestion. I would suggest that you would preface your I wish statements with, you are such a stud. I am so hot for you right now. I respect you so much. Okay, if you preface those uh, with that, I, I think it will be different. And, and in fact, I'll even give you another step. So you, you say those things out of respect towards your spouse. And then after you say them, before you get to your I wish statements, I want to encourage you to do something where, where you go and spend an hour in prayer for your husband. So just say, oh, I respect you so much. You're so amazing. I'm going right now to pray for you. And don't pray these complaining, whining prayers to God. You pray for your man. You pray for your husband desperately where you take your cares and concerns to the Lord first. And then afterwards, after that hour in prayer, then I would say it would be great, it's, and I would encourage you to have a healthy, wholesome, life-giving conversation about marriage and the things that God is doing and, and how he's communicating. Because I heard a pastor say one time, be respectful to your husband, but be violent in your prayers towards God. Man, that, that gives me goosebumps just saying it. I hope that we can grab a hold of that. That, that is just so incredible. So be respectful. Speak encouragement. So in doing so, you will actually be more attractive to him. Because right now, I just I have this feeling, I have this sense that manhood is under attack in our culture. I've seen it time and time again. I've seen it for a, a while. 
And so be your husband's biggest supporter. Be his biggest cheerleader. Be, his, be, be, the, be the positive voice in his life. Don't be another voice of criticism because he doesn't need that. He needs your encouragement. He needs your love. He needs your affection. So I hope that you can grab that and, and, and take a hold of that and apply that in your lives. And so let me speak to men. Uh, right In, in Ephesians uh, 5.25, it says, For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. And so there has been a ton of research done on marriage, hasn't there? I mean, you and I, can, we can watch videos and, and read books and, and do workbooks and, and connection groups on marriage. There's so much research. Now, obviously, there's a big difference in some of the research when you talk about a secular marriage and a, and a Christian marriage where there's biblical principles. Obviously, there's differences with those, but there are just some, some that overlap. It's just marriage is marriage. It's relationships, right? We get it. And so the number one need for most women is to feel loved. I think that's across the board. Uh, so in most of the research that's been done, most of the women want to feel cherished, right? They want to feel loved. They want to feel supported. Women want to feel cared for by their man. They want to feel heard, right? They want to be listened to, not fixed or corrected, but just listened to. And so I know that guys are very visual, right? We're visually stimulated. We know that we're very visual. So I brought a visual aid for all the guys uh, today. And this is, this is a TV remote, right? Us guys, we know this very well, don't we? We actually have just a, a relationship with this remote. Uh, and you know that you do. And so I appropriately have named my remote my wife. So this is my remote, right? This is my remote. And, and so... I love my remote, right? So I've named it my wife. I hold my remote. I hold my wife. I touch it. I care for it, don't I? I make sure that it's in the right place so I know that I can find it. I don't let anyone else touch my wife. I don't let anyone touch my remote. And if, if it's lost, I search diligently to find it, don't I? And when it's running low... I make sure to power it back up. What God tells us to do in Ephesians 5, it makes us more attractive to our spouse, doesn't it? And this is so powerful. We've got to get this. So wives want to feel loved. Men want to feel respected. The second thing I want to share with you is in Ephesians 5, it also releases the potential in our spouse. Because we submit to Christ, we allow God to use us to, to, to help our spouse reach their full potential. And so oftentimes, though, unfortunately, we focus on all the negatives in our marriage, don't we? We point out all the problems, all the issues, but our primary calling is to serve Jesus. Our primary calling is to submit to each other out of reverence for the Lord. And your spouse is part of the body of Christ. We read in, in this whole passage of scripture where it talks about Jesus and, and his passion for the church. Your spouse is part of the body of Christ. And, and so they're to be cherished, they're to be cared for. And, and, and the church is the bride of Christ. You know, when we get that, we understand the magnitude of that, what that means. Jesus will return once again for his bride so it would be spotless and blameless. It would be perfect before the Lord. That's his role for us. 
Your wife is part of his body. And so men, we're to nourish and, and, and care for our wives, to, to cherish her so she can flourish in her life. So let me just share kind of what this means to me, you know, in my personal life. This is such a big deal to me that uh, when Nicole and I got married 22 years ago, in our wedding vows, I made the declaration. In our vows, I said them to her publicly, still have the video, uh, pop it up, you know, it, and watch it every once in a while. But I said very clearly that I would do all that I could to help Nicole to reach her potential that God has for her. That all that God has called her to be and to do, I would actually help her to accomplish that. Now, <laughs> that ain't easy some days. I ain't gonna lie. Like when we have to go somewhere or anywhere where there's hair and makeup involved. That just, that's not easy for me, right? Some days are, are more challenging, but one of the things that I've adopted and, and my wife adopted years ago, she, she read a book called Lioness Arising by Lisa Brevere. And I told Nicole, I'm like, honey, you've already risen, girl. Like, you are powerful. You are strong. You're so brave. You're so courageous. Now, some days, she doesn't feel like that. So it's my job to remind her of who God has made her to be. Now, <laughs> I don't always get it right, but... Sometimes I do. So your spouse, right, who they are, your spouse, when we understand the magnitude of what this looks like, that literally God formed your spouse in their mother's womb. God had your spouse in mind. The two of you would be together. They are the most precious gift that God has given to you. More important than your kids more important than your spouse, I'm sorry, more important than your job, uh, more important than your hobbies. And so ladies, just le let me share with you as well. I, I don't think you realize the influence that sometimes you have on us guys. I mean, you can help your husband to rise to his full potential as well. You absolutely can do this. So you need to believe in him. When nobody else believes in him, you be his biggest supporter. When even the times when he doesn't believe in himself, you maybe are the only one that does and that can. And I just want to share with you your words of encouragement, your affection, just your noticing things and, and your attention towards us, they are more valuable than you know, than you recognize. So let me ask you just the, the thought-provoking question because now like, I, I've, I've preached God's word. We've read it. You've heard these verses before. Right now you either are feeling really good about some of the things you do or you're feeling a little bit challenged. And I get that. All of us should be a little challenged. So have you ever asked your spouse how you can love them more? How can I serve you? What is it that you really, really need me to do? How can I help you and encourage you? What is God speaking to you right now where you just feel a little bit held back and held down? How can I help you to accomplish what God has called for you? Maybe wives, you just kind of look at your man and you say, how is it that you feel respected? I, I, I've heard this before. We, you know, I've read this. It says it in Scripture. How or when and what can I do to make you feel respected? So maybe just there's a conversation that needs to be had between us and our spouse. And not, not, not with any expectations or pretenses, but just a life-giving, encouraging conversation that we can have health and wholeness in our relationship. 
because our spouse is the number two person, right? Jesus is number one, our spouse is number two. And so what are the practical applications that you need to grab a hold of? I don't know what they are, but you probably do. And so if what you have right now, if it's not working, first off, we need to acknowledge that and just know that we need help. But I just want to share with you not only this this sermon, but there's lots of help out there for you. There's lots of videos, lots of great Christian biblical-based books that are amazing to help you to accomplish and get to and move towards the marriage that you've always desired, that you've always wanted. When we're able to put Jesus as the, as the number one priority, things begin to fall into place. And so it's time. Like, it's time for you to start serving God. It's time for you to start following Jesus. It's time for you to start serving your spouse. And, and, and don't say the thing that, that we all want to be like, well, if they change first, then I'll change too. No, 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 no. You. You change today. You start today. You make the decision. You can't force them to do anything. They have to make that decision in and of themselves. You allow the Holy Spirit to do work in them. Right now, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? So one of the things for me, like I do the laundry in in our house. I do the laundry for Nicole and I. I hate the laundry. Unlike just about every other guy, I'll wear a dirty shirt. I'm totally cool with that. But I do the laundry, and so there's going to be sacrifices along the way, things that we do to show our support and and recognize that because God has a big, healthy, amazing plan for your marriage. Like, he's not content with our marriages just being okay. Mediocre is not good enough in God's eyes. He wants it to be amazing. That's why he lays out this perfect plan for marriage in Ephesians 5. And so let me pray for you right now. I want to pray for single people. I want to pray for divorce. I want to pray for couples in in marriage, for those of you that are going to get married at some point in time. Because all of us are kind of in this scenario where we can take these principles and apply them to our lives. And so I would ask if you're with your spouse here in the auditorium or if you're sitting next to them and watching online, go ahead and reach over and I want you guys to hold hands as a couple and and allow me to pray. But I'm going to start praying uh, for the, for the singles and, and those that are divorced right now, and, and then we'll begin to pray for marriage. So agree with me right now in prayer. And so, God, we come before you. And, Father, this whole passage is about marriage, and we get that. Father, but we are fully aware that, that all of us that are married, at one point in time, we weren't. And, Lord, there's a number of people that are not married right now, and, and, and as a single person, maybe desiring to be married, Lord, would you speak? Would you communicate? Lord, your Holy Spirit transcends our, con- our current situation, and you speak supernaturally. You speak to our future. And so, Lord, I pray just a blessing on those single people that are longing to be married, that are looking for that person. Lord, that you would line that up, that you would show, that you would reveal your divine power. Lord, I pray for healing for those that are struggling with divorce or the divorces that they've been through, the, the, the issues that they're facing right now. Lord, I know that just can be that turmoil inside Gosh, it, it just is a challenging word. God, sometimes we say the C word and we're talking about cancer and then we talk about the D word and it's talking about divorce. And that's a challenge. So Lord, I pray for healing. I pray for restoration. I pray for the removal of guilt and shame. I pray that your anointing would fall on us and who we are, that we would be able to see ourselves the way that you see us. And Lord, if part of their story is is that they would be married again, that you would make that happen because you are perfect in every way. You know, you have a plan for us and that's awesome. And so Father, I also want to pray for the marriages. 
Lord, I know just right now there's a lot of stress on marriages. There's a lot of tension. There's, there's issues, just a conflict inside of relationship is, is challenging. It's difficult. It's hard for us to, to be humble. Lord, it's hard for us to, to speak out encouraging words. When, when we're feeling selfish, we're feeling discouraged ourselves, it's hard to be that way. So, Lord, I ask that you would bring a supernatural anointing on us right now, that we would be able to do and say the things that aren't part of us, but they are part of you. You call us to a higher standard. So, Jesus, we put you first in our marriages. We serve you, and we'll serve our spouse. So, Lord, would you allow us to do that? Not that we would get anything as a result, but just the pure just gratification of serving you and serving others. Lord, I pray for just an incredible anointing, a presence for open communication, for restoration where there's tension. Lord, the ones that are considering moving out, moving away. Lord, the ones that are struggling right now where there's some, some sleepless nights on a couch. God, I pray that you would intervene, that you would bring health and restoration and healing in only the way that you can. God, you are powerful and strong. You're amazing. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name.